There are more than 300 episodes of Listen to Sleep, all available for free because of the generous support of our sponsors. And while you'll never hear any ads after the story or meditation starts, you can get every episode ad-free, plus over 100 bonus episodes, all for less than the price of one cup of coffee a month by going to listentosleep.com and clicking on support. Thank you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's Eric, welcoming you back to the tranquil sanctuary of Listen to Sleep. Together, we'll embark on a journey where gentle stories morph into tranquil lullabies, and dreams begin to glimmer like stars reflected on a still, moonlit lake. Last week, I found myself amidst the breathtaking landscapes of Colorado, sharing sacred moments with friends who've walked along similar yet distinct paths of discovery. My trip inspired this week's original story, where we'll delve into an ineffable understanding that transcends the dichotomy of self and other, of known and unknown. It's an adventure into embracing the unknown, with mindfulness as our lantern and the hero's journey as our map. Together, These tools empower us to face whatever lies ahead, be it light or shadow, with a sense of calm and a heart full of courage. If this kind of thing resonates with you, maybe it's time to take your personal exploration deeper with Awaken Your Myth. It's not just another community. It's my life's work 
a sanctuary where you'll find both solace and strength. And for as little as 82 cents a day, you don't just get an array of transformative tools and challenges. You'll also gain the opportunity to share space with me and other kindred spirits during our live, empowering Zoom sessions. And as an extra layer of nourishment for your soul, you'll enjoy unlimited access to all of the ad-free, premium Listen to Sleep Plus stories and meditations. With a no-risk, 30-day money-back guarantee, you really don't have anything to lose. So if you're ready to ease your suffering and more gracefully accept the mysteries of life, visit awakenyourmyth.com. There's a link in the show notes, and I can't wait to welcome you on this extraordinary journey. Let's take a deep breath in and out. Just letting go of the day, feeling the weight of gravity pulling you deep down into the mattress. And another deep breath in and out. Nothing to do, nowhere to go, no one to be. This is your time, quiet time. And one more deep breath in with me. And out. If you get tired while I'm reading to you, that's okay. Just let yourself drift off. Bodhi's Luminous Journey For as long as anyone could remember, the darkness had been home. After waking to the sound of the children's laughter outside his warm, tiny hut, Bodhi was getting ready to go to work. He came from a long line of gatherers, so the time of the senses was always spent gathering worms from the damp ground. This food was getting harder to find, and he had to go deeper into the world to reach them. Today, as he began to prepare for another journey to the deep, Bodhi felt something stir on the front of his head. It was a twitch in his skin, on either side, just above his nose, where the two lids rimmed with fine hair crossed his face. He touched them and felt it again, another tiny twitch. He gathered his things, a bag of dried worms for the journey, another bag for the worms he hoped to return with, and the two sacred fire sticks to keep him safe. 
As he put them into his pack, he remembered the day his father had given them to him. It was shortly before he returned forever to the ground to feed the worms. He said, Keep these always with you. They will keep you safe. But be careful never to rub the long one into the groove of the short one, for this would start the destruction of everything. The priests told the story of the great fire that emerged in ancient times when the archangel Curiosity defied the law and was forever banished to burn in the fire he created. Born of the wrath of the worm-giver, the fire filled the world with a choking smoke that killed all the people of the darkness, consuming them and their precious wooden huts. Where the wood originally came from, no one knew. There were stories of a time when wood was everywhere. A warmer world where people didn't always need their huts. A world filled with light, a magical substance said to be the most beautiful and holy thing in the universe. Bodhi felt the twitch in his skin again. He hesitated, his fingers hovering over the two sacred fire sticks. His father's words echoed in his mind, a tale of caution passed down from generations. But beyond the caution, beyond the fear, lay a space untapped. It was a void in his understanding, in his senses, in the very fabric of his world. A void that somehow yearned to be known. He tightened his grip around the fire sticks and carefully placed them in his bag, tucking away the memory of his father along with them. His fingers caressed the worn sack of dried worms, a source of sustenance, yet a reminder of a reality that was becoming increasingly difficult to accept. Food was growing scarce. The children's laughter outside was tinged with an underlying note of desperation, and the darkness seemed to be pressing closer each day, as if it were a living, breathing entity. Shaking off the burgeoning feeling of dread, Bodhi shouldered his pack and crawled outside his wooden hut. His feet sank into the moist earth, and he felt the familiar chill crawl up his skin. It was a sensation that grounded him, binding him to the world he knew. But 
even as his senses began to engage with the task ahead, the thought of that inexplicable twitch lingered at the back of his mind. Bodhi's journey deeper into the cave was an exploration of tactile sensations and auditory cues. His ears, honed to perfection, picked up the distant drip of water from stalactites. The movement of the worms below the ground and the low murmur of the earth itself. A constant drone that had served as the backdrop to his life. The cave was a chorus of sounds that spoke of hidden worlds waiting to be discovered. His feet felt the contours of the ground as he ventured further into the darkness. Every stone, every bend, every change in the texture of the earth beneath him held meaning. It was a language he had mastered over the years, a language spoken not in words, but in sensations. As he reached deeper into the bowels of the cave, the air grew denser. He could feel the weight of it against his skin, a tangible expression of the earth's embrace. His fingers skimmed the cave walls, feeling the rough grain of age-old stone. His other senses began to compensate for the ever-deepening darkness. He felt a divergence in the path ahead, and his hand instinctively moved to his bag, weighing the options. The ground before him split into two distinct paths. One was a familiar route, one he had navigated countless times before. It led to the worm beds he had relied upon since childhood. But the other was new, or at least unfamiliar. It veered down into an unexplored direction, a whisper of a path that beckoned with an inexplicable pull. The unknown route was like an itch he couldn't quite reach, tantalizing in its mystery. Remembering the recent scarcity of food and the subtle desperation that had crept into his world, Bodhi hesitated. The familiar path held a sense of safety, of continuity. But it was that very continuity that seemed to be unraveling at the edges. And so, against the backdrop of the constant murmur of the earth and the beat of his own heart, he made his choice. Bodhi turned toward the unfamiliar path, the twitch in his face resonating like a secret agreement between him and the unknown. 
The sacred fire sticks lay heavy in his bag, a symbolic weight that seemed to anchor him even as he stepped into uncharted territory. The darkness seemed to deepen around him. But it was a darkness that now pulsed with possibility, tinged with an undercurrent of something he couldn't quite name. As he ventured further into this new part of the cave, the subtlest of shifts caught his attention. It was a sensation so foreign, so subtle, that it took him a moment to understand. A delicate wisp of air brushed against his skin, stirring the hairs on his arms and legs. In the realm of perpetual night and stillness, the sensation of a breeze was as alien as a forgotten dream. Bodhi paused, captivated. He felt the air move again, caressing his skin like a phantom touch. A breeze in a world without wind. In a world where the very concept of breeze had no name. It was a delicate whisper from the earth itself, a sigh laden with secrets. Bodhi closed his lids tighter and turned his attention inward. In all his years, he had never actually bothered to open his lids, which had no purpose in the darkness. As he allowed himself to feel, to really feel the earth's soft breath against his skin, something within him responded. A chord struck in the deepest recesses of his being. He had no idea what this signified nor what lay ahead. But as he lay down on the cold, moist ground to rest for the night, that elusive breeze served as his lullaby. And for the first time, Bodhi fell asleep, not just with a sense of weariness, but with a sense of wonder. It was as if the darkness itself had opened up to him, whispering promises of things he had yet to understand. Bodhi awoke to a curious sensation, his dream state lingering like an aftertaste. He had dreamt of something peculiar, a wild imagining that went beyond the boundaries of his senses. In his dream, he had been rubbing the two sacred fire sticks together, the long one in the groove of the short one, defying the taboo that had been passed down for generations. 
and as the sticks rubbed against each other, there was light, bright, dazzling light that consumed his senses, filling him with a warmth he had never known. Light was a mythical thing, a lost treasure from the stories of old, from a time when the darkness was not all-encompassing. But in his dream, it was as real as the moist earth he slept on, the breeze he had felt earlier, or the worms that sustained his people. Bodhi sat up, his heart pounding in a rhythm that seemed to match the earth's own murmur. Remembering the feeling of the breeze from the night before, he stretched his arms, his hands reaching out instinctively for the fire sticks. His fingers found them, the sticks lying parallel to each other in his bag. The grainy texture, the worn grooves, the tactile memory of countless hands holding them. It all felt so familiar, yet charged with new meaning. Was it the dream that transformed these ordinary objects into something more? Or was it the brush of the unseen breeze, the whispering wind that seemed to call out to him from the depths of the cave? Or perhaps it was the twitch, that mysterious sensation above his nose that ticked and talked like a clock winding itself up for something momentous. Curiosity tipped the balance. Gripping one stick firmly in each hand, Bodhi placed the longer stick into the groove of the shorter one. His hands shook, not with fear, but with anticipation. Slowly, deliberately, he began to rub them together. At first, there was nothing, just the familiar sound of wood grinding against wood, a rhythmic cadence that seemed to join the cave's symphony of natural sounds. But then, something changed. A smell, acrid and powerful, began to fill the air. Smoke. It wasn't like the damp, earthy odors he was used to. It was something altogether new. It was the smell of transformation, of one thing turning into another of an elemental change. It tickled his nose, making his nostrils flare with a mixture of surprise and wonder. The smoke seemed to be attracted by the gentle breeze that he had felt earlier 
following its path like a stream seeking the ocean. Bodhi was transfixed. Not only had he defied one of his culture's oldest taboos, but he had discovered something completely outside the realm of his previous experience. Smoke, a new smell, a new sensation. It was as if the darkness was revealing its secrets one by one, allowing him to peel back its layers, to uncover a reality that was more complex, more textured than he had ever imagined. His heart pounding with both a primal fear and an exhilarating hope, Bodhi followed the trail of the smoke as it danced with the elusive breeze. He moved cautiously, but purposefully, his feet guided by the subtle changes in the texture of the ground, his path illuminated by a newfound knowledge that there was more to this world than he had ever considered possible. He walked on and on and on until he felt it the unmistakable sensation of change. The ground beneath his feet shifted to something else entirely. It was softer, more forgiving, as if the earth had unclenched its fist to reveal a palm open to possibilities. The air, too, had changed, its texture lighter, its scent filled with a complexity he had never encountered. And then, there it was, the opening, the mouth of the cave. Bodhi stood at the edge of the unknown, his body tingling with a mixture of trepidation and awe. He felt the breeze again, now stronger, more purposeful, as if urging him to take the next step. And so he did. As Bodhi stepped out of the cave's mouth, a world of new sensations greeted him. The ground felt alive beneath his feet, a carpet of textures that sprang back with every step. The air was thick with new scents, an aromatic cocktail of life that made his nostrils flare with excitement. There was the smell of green, rich, abundant, almost sweet. It was a smell that carried with it a promise of life, of cycles unbroken. He could also sense the smell of a new kind of dampness, 
a primal essence that resonated deep within his being. It was the smell of running water, of streams and rivers that carried the secrets of the earth from one place to another. Bodhi moved forward, his body tingling with the thrill of discovery. Each step took him further away from the darkness and closer to something he couldn't yet name, but he felt intuitively drawn toward. It was then that he felt it, a gradual shift in the air. The breeze that had guided him was growing colder, almost ethereal. It swept over his body like an invisible wave, chilling him and warming him at the same time. It was a paradox, an enigma, a riddle that begged to be solved. And as the breeze caressed his skin, Bodhi felt something new, a tingle on his face, a shimmering touch that settled above his nose where he had felt the twitch of his lids. His skin tingled, his senses hummed, and he felt something stir deep within him. It was as if his entire being was responding to a call, a summoning that had been programmed into his very cells. He felt the urge to do something radical, something that defied explanation. Then, with a sense of wonder bordering on the sacred, Bodhi felt his lids twitch again. He felt them strain against the years of disuse, years of being tightly shut against a world he had never known. And then, with an effort that felt both monumental and effortless, he opened them. For the first time, Bodhi saw. At first, the sensation was overwhelming. His vision swam, his senses rebelled, as if rejecting this new form of perception. But then, gradually, things began to settle. His eyes adjusted, and he found himself immersed in a world of indescribable beauty. It was night, but even in the darkness, he could see shapes and forms he had never imagined. Trees, majestic and towering, stretched their limbs towards the heavens as if in prayer. The sky was a canvas of unimaginable vastness, a sea of darkness punctuated by pinpricks of light. 
as he stood there, taking it all in. Bodhi noticed something in the sky beginning to change. A soft blue light appeared on the horizon, casting its gentle glow upon the world. It was the moon, half full, rising like a guardian of the night. Bodhi felt his heart swell with emotion, a mix of joy and reverence that filled him to the brim. As he began to walk, his feet guided by the moonlight, he knew that he was part of something much larger than himself, much larger than the darkness and the cave from which he had emerged. His gaze was immediately drawn to a towering structure in the distance, its peak kissing the sky. It was as if the mountain itself was calling to him, its majestic presence merging seamlessly with a newfound instinct to climb, to explore, to reach new heights. In that miraculous moment, Bodhi realized the mountain was not a separate entity, but a part of him, a reflection of his own yearning for discovery. With a sense of purpose that felt both ancient and new, Bodhi began his trek up the mountain that loomed in the distance. As he climbed higher, his eyes drinking in the moonlit world, he felt a growing anticipation. It was as if the mountain itself was calling to him, beckoning him to its summit, where a new time of the senses awaited. And so, with his eyes open and his heart full of awe, Bodhi continued his ascent into the unknown. Bodhi's feet felt different on the slope of the mountain. Each step seemed to resonate deeper, as if the earth were acknowledging his newfound vision allowing him to feel the contours and textures in a more intimate way. But what captivated him the most was the ever-changing world before his eyes. In the moonlight, everything looked ethereal. The rocks seemed to glisten as if they held the secrets of the earth the leaves shimmered like jewels, and the very air looked as if it had been touched by magic. What had seemed like mere shapes and shadows in the darkness of the cave were now full-fledged entities with their own stories to tell. 
The higher he climbed, the more vivid the world became. Subtle shades of blue and gray painted the landscape. And in those colors, Bodhi saw endless possibilities. The trees, which had seemed so imposing when he first looked up at them, now appeared as wise sentinels guarding the path to something grand and wonderful. As he went higher, the air became cooler, but also sharper, filling him with a clarity he had never known. The aroma of the mountain, a blend of earth, foliage, and the distant scent of something salty made him realize just how limited his senses had been all these years. Just when Bodhi thought he could take no more beauty, he saw it. A glint of gold on the horizon. It was a color he had never seen, or even imagined. And yet, it felt like something he had always known, buried deep in his consciousness. It was as if all the stories, myths, and ancient songs of his people had been leading him to this singular moment. With renewed vigor, Bodhi quickened his pace. The summit was close. He could feel it like a magnetic pull on his soul. Finally, his feet touched a flat surface, and he knew he had reached the top. Panting slightly, but exhilarated beyond measure, Bodhi looked around. From here, the world seemed like an endless sea of shapes and hues, a mosaic of color that went beyond any storytelling or song. And then he turned to the east, to the source of that golden promise he had glimpsed earlier. His breath caught in his throat as the first rays of the sun crept over the horizon, spilling their golden light across this new world. It was unlike anything he had ever felt. The warmth, the brilliance, the sheer life force that seemed to emanate from this celestial being was overwhelming. As the sun continued its ascent, the light touched his skin, sinking into his pores, filling him with an ineffable sense of peace and unity. Bodhi sat down, his eyes still fixed on the spectacle before him. As he felt the sun's warmth on his face, he realized 
he was experiencing something monumental. A transition not just of time, but of consciousness. The darkness, the cave, the worms. They were all a part of his past. A chapter in the story of his life that had led him to this moment. It was then that he understood. Light and darkness were not just elements of the world. They were aspects of his own being. Just as the sun illuminated the earth, so too could he illuminate the depths of his own existence. It was an awakening, a realization that went beyond words, touching the very core of what he took himself to be. With that, Bodhi closed his eyes, not to shut out the world, but to connect more deeply with the grandeur he was witnessing. As he sat there, bathed in the golden light of morning, he felt an overwhelming sense of gratitude and wonder. The darkness had been his home, but now he had another, a home that was as boundless as the sky, as radiant as the sun, and as complex as the web of life that stretched out before him. And in that moment, Bodhi knew that his journey had only just begun. As Bodhi descended from the mountain, each step was an affirmation of this newfound reality. The sun was high in the sky now, bathing the world in a myriad of colors he had never imagined. Greens, browns, blues, they all danced before his eyes in an array of splendor that seemed to deepen his connection to this world with each glance. Yet, as he walked, Bodhi couldn't help but think about his people, still in the perpetual gloom of the cave. A sense of urgency overtook him. He needed to share this new world with them, to show them what lay beyond the cave's confining walls. Arriving at the entrance, he paused. The transition from light to darkness was more profound than he'd anticipated. The cave that had been his home for so long now appeared to him as a womb of ignorance, yet it was also the cradle of his people, their sanctuary. With a deep breath, Bodhi stepped back into the darkness. The smells of dampness and decay 
once so familiar, now seemed foreign and oppressive. Still, he made his way toward the central chamber, guided by memory and touch, navigating the labyrinthine corridors that he knew so well. When he finally reached the gathering place, a hush fell over the crowd. He smelled entirely different, and they sensed a change in him. Bodhi spoke, his words filled with a newfound authority that commanded attention. My friends, my family, he began. I have ventured beyond the borders of our world, and I've discovered something unimaginable, a realm of light, of warmth, of endless beauty. I have witnessed the sunrise, and it has awakened something within me that I never knew existed. The crowd murmured, uneasy and skeptical. They respected Bodhi, but the concept of light was a myth, a fairy tale passed down through generations. Sensing their disbelief, Bodhi reached into his pack and brought out the two sacred fire sticks. I have defied the ancient warnings and used these not for destruction, but to guide me to a new understanding, he explained. He grabbed a few pieces of wood from the roof of his hut and rubbed the sticks together next to them, just as he had seen in his dream. Sparks flew, lighting the small pile. In a flash, a flame erupted, casting an unfamiliar glow onto the faces of the astonished crowd. Gasps filled the air as they felt the warmth, smelled the smoke. Bodhi asked them to lift their lids, and for the first time, they saw each other. The priests have told us that the archangel curiosity was banished for defying the laws, Bodhi continued. But what if that was never true? What if curiosity was the first to awaken, to understand the beauty that exists beyond our darkness? Bodhi's words resonated in the chamber sparking something that transcended the flame before them. A yearning for more, a desire to awaken to a new reality. Join me, he said, his voice tinged with hope and promise. Let's leave behind the darkness that has kept us blind for so long. Let's step into the light 
and awaken to all of existence. As he spoke, Bodhi saw, or rather felt, the first stirrings of change. It was as if his words had sown seeds in fertile soil, seeds that were now beginning to sprout, pushing their way up toward the sun. And as he stood there, in the flickering light of this first sacred fire, Bodhi knew that he had set something irrevocable in motion, an awakening that would illuminate not just his life, but the lives of his people, a new chapter in their collective story, heralding the end of an era of ignorance and the beginning of an age of enlightenment. In that singular moment, Bodhi felt both humbled and elevated, as if he were a mere conduit for something far greater than himself. With the flame casting its warm glow on his face, Bodhi closed his eyes and took a deep breath, filling his lungs with the aroma of burning wood and the promise of a new dawn. The room was a blend of tension and wonder, much like the mingling of light and shadow cast by the flickering flame. People murmured amongst themselves, their voices punctuated by occasional exclamations of awe as their hands hovered over the fire, feeling its heat for the first time. Some, especially the elders, remained skeptical, their faces lined with worry and disbelief. Yet, even they couldn't resist the allure of the flame and the promise it held. Let us put this to a vote, said Elder Indy, the person whose wisdom had guided the community for decades. Those in favor of exploring this newfound realm of light, step forward. For a moment, Nobody moved. Then a young girl, no older than ten, walked hesitantly towards the flame. She was followed by her mother and then her father. Slowly, more members of the community stepped forward until a majority had formed around the fire. Then... It is decided, said Elder Indy, their voice tinged with both resignation and curiosity. We shall prepare for a journey to the light. Over the next few days, the community was a hive of activity, gathering provisions, sharing speculations, offering prayers to the worm-giver for a safe journey. Despite the excitement, 
there was an undercurrent of fear. All of them, except Bodie, were stepping into the unknown for the first time. Finally, the day of departure arrived. Bodie took the lead. The fire sticks secured in his pack, the flame of discovery burning in his heart. Behind him trailed his people, each carrying a torch kindled from the sacred fire, their faces a mixture of anticipation and trepidation. The journey through the labyrinthine passages was different this time. The torches revealed the contours and textures of the cave in a way they had never seen before, making the familiar terrain seem almost alien. Yet, guided by Bodhi, they navigated the twists and turns until they reached the cave's mouth. As they emerged into the night, gasps filled the air. Even in darkness, the world outside was unlike anything they had ever experienced. The cool breeze, the scent of leaves, the sound of running water in the distance. It was as if they had stepped into a different universe. Bodhi looked up at the half moon and smiled. The journey is just beginning, he said softly, almost to himself, but loud enough for those closest to him to hear. We've been living in a dream, and it's time to wake up. As they walked through the moonlit night, the forest around them felt like a sanctuary, an untapped reservoir of wisdom and beauty. The deeper they ventured, the more their senses were flooded with new experiences. The feel of grass beneath their feet the scent of blooming flowers. The gentle rustling of leaves, whispering secrets only the wind knew. Finally, they reached the mountain. Looking up, Bodhi realized how different it seemed. It was as if he were seeing it through the collective eyes of his people. Without a word, they began the climb, the torches forming a winding river of light in the darkness. They reached the summit just as the first rays of sunlight touched the horizon. As the world began to erupt with colors and warmth, tears filled Bodhi's eyes. He looked around at his people, their faces awash in the golden light, their eyes wide. For the first time, 
they were seeing not just the world, but also each other in a whole new light. It was as if they had awakened from a long slumber, their senses tingling with the endless possibilities that stretched out before them. Elder Indy approached Bodhi, their eyes moist but shining. You have led us into a new era, young one. You have shown us the light, and for that we are eternally grateful. Bodhi nodded, overwhelmed by the gravity of the moment. This is just the beginning, he said, his voice trembling with emotion. Our true journey starts now. And as they stood there, on the mountain's peak, bathed in the radiant light of the new day, they knew that their lives had changed forever. They had tasted the sweetness of awakening, and there was no going back. The darkness had been their womb, their origin, but light was their destiny, a destiny that held the promise of untold stories, unimaginable discoveries, and an eternal quest for understanding. Upon their return, the atmosphere in the cave was electric. Word of their journey to the light spread like wildfire, igniting imaginations and setting hearts ablaze. The once dark corridors were now dotted with the soft glow of torches, each flickering flame a testament to the community's transformation. Elder Indy called a council meeting, where Bodhi was invited to share the experience. With heartfelt eloquence, he recounted their expedition, his words painting a vivid picture that transported every listener to the mountain summit bathed in the golden light of dawn. There's so much more out there waiting to be discovered, Bodhi concluded, his eyes bright with the conviction of a prophet. We are, all of us, explorers, each with our own journey to undertake. The crowd erupted into applause, the caverns resonating with the joyous sound. The decision was unanimous. They would embrace this new world of light. What followed was an age of renaissance for the cave dwellers. Craftsmen began to experiment with materials brought from the outside. Blossoming flowers turned into dyes. Fallen branches transformed into tools and the clay near the rivers molded into vessels that held the torches.
the artists in the community were inspired to capture the hues and forms they had witnessed in the outside world. The walls of the caves started to fill with paintings that told the story of their exodus from darkness to light. Even the way they taught their young evolved. Lessons moved from rote memorization of lore and duties to exploration of the senses and storytelling that fostered curiosity and independent thinking. Bodhi felt fulfilled, but restless. It was Elder Indy who sensed his lingering questions one evening as they stood before a newly painted mural, a sweeping vista of the mountain and the sky, a tribute to his first transformative journey. You've brought them light, but I sense you're still seeking something, they said, their eyes searching his. You're right, Bodhi admitted. I wonder what lies beyond the mountains, beyond the rivers. The light has opened a door, but what waits on the other side? Indy smiled, the wisdom of years twinkling in their eyes. Then perhaps it's time for another journey, one that not just seeks the light, but also understands the darkness from which we come. A few weeks later, Bodhi found himself standing at the cave's entrance, once more ready to venture into the unknown. This time, however, his journey had a different purpose. He had questions that tugged at the corners of his being, questions that could only be answered by knowing both light and darkness. Accompanying him were a group of young seekers, eager to explore the world yet mindful of the wisdom embedded in their roots. They carried with them not just fire sticks and supplies, but sketchbooks and reed pens, intent on documenting their experiences. Remember, Bodhi told them as they stepped into the moonlit night, we are venturing out not to escape the darkness, but to understand it. They journeyed for days, crossing hills covered in wildflowers, wading through rivers that reflected the ever-changing sky, and walking through forests where light and shadow danced in a never-ending ballet. It was on the seventh day, just as the sun dipped below the horizon, that they found it a cave, much like their own, but abandoned, 
filled with the remnants of a lost civilization. The sight sent chills down Bodhi's spine. It was as if they had stumbled upon a mirror that reflected not their faces, but their collective past. Inside, the walls were adorned with ancient paintings. Their colors faded, but their messages clear. A civilization that had also discovered the light, but had been lost to time. Look, said Ayla, one of the young seekers, pointing to a series of drawings that depicted a sun gradually enveloped by darkness. Could this be a warning? Or perhaps a lesson, mused Bodhi, his eyes tracing the intricate patterns that surrounded the main images, patterns that seemed to tell a story of balance, of the symbiotic relationship between light and darkness. They spent hours documenting their findings, their hearts heavy with the stories of loss and imbalance. As they made their way back, the cave seemed to whisper a solemn farewell. Its secrets safe, but its wisdom shared. Upon their return, the community gathered around the young explorers, their eyes wide with anticipation. And as Bodhi shared their discoveries, the room became filled with a profound sense of unity. Our existence, Bodhi said, his voice reverent, is a delicate balance of light and darkness, of discovery and introspection. We've been gifted with the curiosity to explore, but also the wisdom to reflect. Our journey, as individuals and as a community, is to find that middle ground where both can coexist. In the weeks that followed, a transformation swept through the community. Subtle, yet profound. People began to honor both the light and the darkness, understanding that each had its place and purpose. Bodhi worked closely with Elder Indy and other community leaders to integrate the wisdom they had gained. The fire sticks and torches that once drove away the darkness now shared space with designated areas of shadow, where people could sit and ponder, meditate, or simply be. The darkness was not a place to escape, but a sanctuary for introspection. The art on the walls evolved, too. New murals depicted the dance between light and darkness, 
showing them not as opposing forces, but as complementary elements in a greater whole. Workshops sprang up, teaching not just skills, but philosophies, ways to navigate the complexities of a world that was no longer defined by a single attribute. As for the young seekers who had accompanied Bodhi, they formed a council dedicated to exploration and understanding. Regular expeditions were planned, both to the world outside and the caverns within, each journey adding layers to their collective knowledge. One fine day, as the sun painted the sky in hues of orange and pink, Bodhi found himself at the summit where he had first witnessed a sunrise. But this time, he was not alone. Beside him stood Elder Indy, their aged face glowing in the warm light. You've done well, they said, their voice filled with emotion. You've shown us that the path to enlightenment is not a straight line, but a spiral, forever turning, yet always ascending. Bodhi smiled, his eyes meeting theirs in a moment of unspoken understanding. The journey never really ends, does it? No, it doesn't, they agreed, their gaze shifting to the horizon. And that's the beauty of it all. Each ending is but a new beginning in disguise. As the first rays of the sun broke free, flooding the world with golden light, Bodhi felt a warmth that went beyond the physical. It was the warmth of community, of shared experiences, and mutual growth. And as he sat there, basking in the light, yet mindful of the darkness, he realized that the true journey was not to reach a destination, but to awaken to the endless possibilities along the way. Good night.